What's up and welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. My name is Patrick Sheehan. I'm here with Dustin from Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> uh, yes, we signed on. I thought you were Ash Ketchum, but then you said, oh, nah, brought up my Dustin hat, bro. No uh, weird Z. That's right. Z symbol that Ash has. But, but I did go to Ketchum High School, so shout out Ash Ketchum. Ah, interesting. <laughs> Dave, what did you go for Halloween this year? I was Salt Bay. Ah. A guy from Turkey who lives in Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Yes. You know, every Instagram caption he has is hashtag salt, hashtag salt, life, hashtag salt bay. So that was what mine was. <laughs> I thought you were Mookie Betts, actually, but... That guy's a uh, disappointment, ah, unlike stop. Salt Bay. Salt Bay's forever. He's got like 9 million Instagram followers somehow. <laughs> when he like slaps the meat, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I went I went with my SO, significant other, as Bob from Bob's Burgers. She was Linda. Classic. Yeah, it was, it's so easy. I, all I really wanted was an easy costume. I feel like everyone I know in a relationship has done Bob's Burgers at yeah. one point as a fallback. It's so easy, dude. <laughs> I, I honestly, the, the first thing I threw out there was being Ghostbusters, since we can, now there's male and female Ghostbusters, but she wasn't mm-hmm. down with that idea, so. The, the proton pack's a little uh, more effort. Yeah, and I wasn't about to make that proton pack, so she didn't, she didn't want to <laughs> undertake that. Before we get too far into it, though, happy Halloween to all of you out there. You want to celebrate with us? Subscribe right there to yeah. Nostalgia Pod, and go on SoundCloud.com slash Nostalgia Pod to find all the ways to consume our culture podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, but YouTube is the biggest help right now. Yeah. So be kind and subscribe. Hey, and if Hoodie Allen watches our YouTube videos, why why shouldn't you? So we, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Stranger Things, obviously. We're going to be also looking at the box office and uh, some other Netflix news. Why don't we jump in with the box office, actually, since we had maybe the worst October in a decade as of sunday yes that is correct worst october in 10 years which is uh, interesting because that's coming off of the best september ever which was then coming off the worst summer in about a decade Mm -hmm. as well so it's been a very up and down box office overall i mean did you see any movies in october besides blade runner because that's the only one i saw that's the only one i i saw as well i didn't even really think about going to another movie i mean i guess i was intrigued by the the clooney movie that came out Suburbicon. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Suburbicon is this kind of tail the tape with a bunch of movies this month was Suburbicon totally bombed 2.8 million opening weekend Crazy. and a D minus cinema score. So nobody saw it. And those who did, it was not what they expected. Mm-hmm. Only the Brave and Thank You for Your Service both underwhelmed. Thank You for Your Service like 3.7. So Miles Teller had a rough two weeks because he's in both those movies. Yeah. Then we talked about it before. You can check out our review. We went like 20 minutes on Blade Runner, but Blade Runner underperformed the box office. It had a blockbuster budget, but was not marketed as well as it could have. It probably just never could have been a blockbuster and didn't perform like one. I mean, you look at past Octobers, we've had a lot of hits. 2015, The Martian. 2014, Gone Girl. 2013, Gravity. Those movies all did really well domestically, but Blade Runner could not follow suit. So here we are. When thinking about September, I mean, you had you had a huge juggernaut horror film come out in, in It. And that, that was what drove most of the box office in, in and of itself. 
But overall, what do you make of this trend of you know the summer being one of the worst summers ever? This is the worst October in ten years. Is it is it the quality of the movies coming out, or is it just a shift in how people are consuming movies in general? I think if you look at the look at all the patterns, and coming into this summer, twenty seventeen box office was up on last year, and everyone was very optimistic. And then the summer obviously dropped. 14.6%. It was the first time since 2006 the summer box office didn't generate $4 billion. And I really do think it's, I, I do attribute it to the films. I mean, if there's movies that don't inspire people to go, they're not going to go. There's more competition for people's time, both visually, audially, everything. There's more content than ever before. Us as a podcast understand mm-hmm. that more than most people. And you have to do better. And I think the big studios will learn from this, and I think it's pretty cut and dry. I don't think it's, uh, the, oh, the movie theater experience is ending. No, it's, it's declining a little bit, sure, but I don't, I don't think it's going. It's it's even in any danger. It's just it's been a really rough year, and there's still two months left. And if you talk to some you know, Hollywood analysts, they'll point you to Star Wars and Pitch Perfect 3 and Justice League and Thor Ragnarok, which comes out this Friday, hoping to uh, save the box office, save the year. And Thor had a over 100 million internationally in its debut last week so things might look up but i mean what's your read on it we've been talking a lot about how people just are going to be moving towards more like home viewing and consuming movies things like i forgot the name of it at this moment but like sean parker's project that could bring feature films into the home things like that and that wouldn't necessarily affect the The screening room. yeah screening room that's what it was and I don't think that that would necessarily affect box office numbers, because I'm sure in some respect it would, they would play into the box office numbers. But just in general, like it's the I think it's like the quality of the films right now, and especially with a lot of major filmmakers going to do other projects that are on TV. You would, the, all the all the shows that you mentioned, or all the movies that you mentioned that are going to save the box office for the year, are all things that have been established in some way. Nothing that really came out this year, I would say, is a new intellectual property that's really grabbed people. Besides Get Out. Right. Get Out's like the one exception where brand new original success and good word of mouth is all you need. Right. But the movie needs to be good. It's interesting because we're going to be talking about this with Stranger Things later, but Get Out almost had a very Stranger Things type feel where it was something that was relatively unknown and then dropped, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, whoa, this thing is a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So it really almost seems like at this point it has to be something that is like considered universally awesome, or like you said, people are just going to take their interest to something that they know they're going to like, like 45-minute Netflix show, which costs them nothing other than the $10 subscription they pay every month instead of paying $10 to go to a movie that they don't know if they're going to like. I mean, you look at it last month, too. It's, you know, I think like the fifth highest grossing film of the mm-hmm. year. It's it's really strong. And that's another movie where we thought it would do well, but we didn't think it would do that right. well. And it overperformed and, and had great legs because of both a lack of competition and great word of mouth. So I think it really depends on the movie. Definitely. Um, and the time of the year it's released. Also, shout out LeBron James's Pennywise costume. It's funny. I, I was out Saturday of Halloween weekend, and I didn't see a lot of Pennywise, and I was like, good. You know, mm-hmm. That's like, it's too easy, too obvious. It's the obvious thing to be. Plus, it's a clown. It's already Halloween-y. Are you really going to be a Pennywise? But somebody famous rocking a really like high-quality Pennywise, I'm down. Right. And then watching LeBron bust down on the dance floor. <laughs> like, I, I, I do approve. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking hilarious. You know, speaking of things that could save the box office, Phantom Thread. The new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. That's gonna. It's gonna be Daniel Day Lewis's last movie. Could that save the box box office this year, Dave? No. No. no, no chance. You can check the Phantom Thread trailer. It's got three million views, maybe, in about a week. 
not a whole lot of buzz, but not that you'd expect it. You can look at other Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Right. Most of them don't blow the, the world away. They're not those kind of movies in terms of just generating tons of ticket sales. But, as you said, it's the last Daniel Day-Lewis movie, according to DDL himself, is going to retire. He's uh, the nice ripe age of 60 right now. And so my first thing, before we get into the trailer and PTA, do you believe DDL that he is, in fact, going to retire? I think he'll take a long hiatus. I think he'll be back sometime in like five to ten years, somewhere in that range. What about you? Yeah, I could see him coming back. Right now, I believe he 100% wants to retire. I mean, sure. this guy's made six movies since 1998. And he he's wins the Oscar the most selective. Yeah, I mean, he's the only actor to win three Best Actors, only one of three actors to have three Acting Academy Awards in general, but he's the only one to have three Best Actors. You know, he's the mm-hmm. GOAT for a reason, and... He's already been so selective. If he says he's going to retire, I, you know, I, who am I to doubt him? I mean, maybe he doesn't want to be... I mean, it's not even like he doesn't want to be method anymore. He barely acts. So I hope he comes back. Obviously, he's not that old yet. Jack Nicholson was much older when he finally stopped really acting. So, you know, there's hope. But you look at Paul Thomas Anderson, director who's been around a while. This will be his eighth feature film. And he's only 47. He's younger than Denny Villeneuve. I, didn't, I, I was not actually aware that PTA was that young. So that, that means that he was, what, in his 20s when he made Boogie Nights? That's crazy. Yeah, Boogie Nights was his second movie, and that came out in 97. And then it's really just a, a murderer's row after there. Magnolia mm-hmm. in 99. Tom Cruise was Oscar nominated for that. Punch Drunk Love. There Will Be Blood, obviously. Dan Day-Lewis was excellent yep. in that. And then 2012 was The Master. And then 2014, Inherent Vice. And Inherent Vice was actually his lowest Rotten Tomatoes score for any of his movies, and it was only a mm-hmm. 74 so if that's your lowest, you know, rated film, you're doing yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a <laughs> he's a awesome filmmaker. Quick side note, fuck Mark Wahlberg real quick for saying that he hopes God forgives him for Boogie Nights. God will praise you for Boogie Nights because that's probably the only, like, really, really good film. I mean, he's, he was in The Departed, yeah. but he wasn't a lead role. He was very good in it. He was yeah. awesome in it. But if he has to ask for forgiveness for anything, he should ask for forgiveness for Transformers 4 yes, and 5. Yes, absolutely. You know? <laughs> uh, also, or Daddy's he, Home 1 and 2. Oh, you know? my God. He was also in Lone Survivor, which is a pretty good film, I'll say. Uh, yeah, sure. But, I mean, Peter Berg, though. Yeah. yeah. Different. The Berg. But, yeah, anyways, moving back to the Phantom Thread. So, yeah, the trailer premiered, what, two weeks ago now? Last week, like a week ago. Okay. Like last Monday. Last yeah. Monday. And what were your thoughts around it? Wasn't what I expected. No, it seems it's more of a, definitely like a character drama. They seem to be hiding a lot of the money scenes. You, you expect Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis to have a great monologue or some you know great example of acting. I mean, obviously he's obviously done that. But there would be blood. There's a million quotes from that. Yep. Uh, I drink your milkshake, etc. And even Lincoln. You know, Lincoln had these great moments, and you don't really see any of that in the trailer. And you know, even the plot, we're not, I mean, he's, he's a dressmaker, but it's about his relationship with his woman. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know too much. So keeping the cards close to the vest. I'd imagine this is probably the only trailer since it's the first one and it dropped two months before the movie comes out. It comes right. out on Christmas. So, you know, I, I'm intrigued just because of the talent involved. But yeah, I mean, as far as what's going on and whether I'm going to actually dig it or not, I mean, who knows? Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson is also known for putting. Uh, scenes in his trailers that don't actually make it into the film to be misleading so that it could be portrayed one way because right now i guess the way I, I'm, I'm understanding the movie is he's like this very controlling jealous man who is brings this girl basically from nothing and then feels like he owns her in some way and dealing with that but it, it could be totally different by the time 
we get to the movie theater, just and this is what Paul Thomas Anderson thinks people will want to see. So he puts in a trailer, and then you go, and you don't even see half that shit. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, either way, I mean, I think me and you are gonna see it. But it'll be yeah. interesting to see if this being Daniel Day-Lewis's last movie has any effect on the you know people going to watch this. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it'll be competing with Star Wars will be mm-hmm. in its what in its second. not even its second week at right. that time. It comes out on what the 18th yep. or the 20th, something like that. Pitch Perfect three, few other oh the Post with Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks that should be an Oscar contender. So it's gonna have a lot of competition. So yeah, it remains to be seen if anyone really goes to see it besides us you know movie junkies that we're gonna see as soon as we heard about it i mean based off not seeing the movie but knowing what's about kind of seeing some of the trailer do you think that ddd is gonna get a or ddl is gonna get a oscar nom for this just like a legacy i mean yeah maybe let's look he's been nominated he's won three times and he's also nominated for gangs of new york right the last time he wasn't nominated was the movie nine which came out in oh nine uh, even got a Golden Globe nomination for that. So, yeah, I mean, if I had the bet, I'd bet that he gets nominated. Whether he wins or not, you know, maybe wouldn't bet on that until I see the film. But, yeah, I think he gets one. I mean, if Meryl Streep can get, like, 30 of them, I think DDL can get his, you know, seventh or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, why don't we jump quickly to some music talk before we jump into some – well, we jump, jumping a lot here before we go into some TV talk. Andre 3000. So since Outcast released Idlewild back in what was that seven oh eight? Had to be oh eight. He's pretty much been a recluse, and you know he's popped up on some tracks, especially more recently. He was on Life of Pablo. He was on. Did he do a track with the Weekend or two for the Weekend on his album recently? I don't know about the week. He was with Frank Ocean on Channel Orange. Maybe that's what I'm Pink thinking. Matter. He had a nice verse on uh with Rick Ross on. God forgives I don't. Sixteen. That was pretty good. Also, to re- re- rewind a little bit, he barely was on the Life of Pablo. I mean, what he ba- maybe said one word. <laughs> yeah, it was was more or less. But, and Idlewild was oh six. Oh oh six. Okay, but I mean, he comes out with this interview recently. I think it was this past week. And yeah, it was with uh, like GQ, I think. Yep, and he GQ had style. some pretty interesting quotes in there i mean there, there's a lot to sift through what stood out to you about the interview or what what was most interesting yeah i mean some of so like some of like the poll quotes were like oh, he doesn't have the pulse anymore or he's totally fine with not releasing another album but i think what kind of struck a chord with me is that he didn't think he had it in him to keep up with uh, you know all the younger people in rap and we've always said that rap's a young man's game and to stay relevant as you're older, you have to kind of evolve. That's why we applaud Jay-Z's 444 this year, because it's a great body of work from somebody in their late 40s. You mm-hmm. know, all of it makes sense, and it's also really good. But someone like Andre, I mean, maybe he's just worried about not delivering on the hype, because the hype is prob- the hype is enormous and probably too, too tremendous to effectively satisfy someone to Jay Electronica never releasing an album. So maybe he'd just rather keep the mystique but i mean if anyone was gonna come back as an older fellow you'd think he could do it because every time he's popped up throughout the years as a solo feature or whatever it's been good so you know i I think it's just disappointing because hip-hop is relative you know a relatively new genre and we haven't seen many older people keep going into their 40s besides the legends but again like the next generation that maybe that can change i mean i'd also be curious to see who he thinks he's really competing with i mean yeah, you're not going to beat Drake and Kendrick and Cole on the charts, but, I mean, are you are you scared of them, or are you scared of, like, 
like little pumps. Like I, I'm, I'm not. Right. You're not going to get the the 17 year olds anyway, so don't worry about them. I don't know. You know, he talked in this about how he had some sort of social disorder and had been receiving like some sort of mental health treatment for it. Like barely vaguely touched on that. It seems like he also really carries a lot of self-doubt i mean he talked about how he always thought big boy was a better rapper than him had more confidence how he thought big boy was smarter than him he never really considered himself a good rapper or producer or songwriter meanwhile i mean i think anyone that followed outcast always appreciated three stacks for being a very unique lyricist and and dropping some really awesome bars so the, the view he has of himself is definitely skewed, and I think that affects his confidence in doing a solo project, which he talks about wanting to do just for his own satisfaction, but feeling like, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to fool around in my house and record saxophone and guitar and drums and see what makes me feel good. So it sounds like he has a lot of stuff he's working through, which it's, it's too bad because he is such a unique talent, and I really do think if he were to drop an album, I mean, not only would everybody listen, I think he could do it really well if he did a traditional album rollout you know like like do what taylor swift's doing do everything by the book 100 percent manufactured like if you, if you really marketed yourself you could really make this a big event similar to how their 20th anniversary tour went really well uh when they did all those festivals or they're really mm-hmm. popular anyway right but he's been an actor he's done all his other creative stuff so i can understand you know he doesn't want to be a, he's not really think of himself as a rapper rapper only anymore totally get that but this is not like Dre not releasing Detox. Dr. Dre was a producer first. Andre mm-hmm. 3000, you know, was a rapper yep. first. So, yeah, it's, not, too it's, bad. Just, it's just disappointing. I mean, at least Frank Ocean came back. You know, we got someone. Yeah. It's too bad, too, because there's been, it's been teased that Outcast would release another album called 10 Years the Hard Way. What a fucking great name that is for an album. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I, I saw Big Boy live at the Meadows and he was great. He's always good, man. I always mean, good. Yeah, I mean, he had a solo album come out this year, uh, Boomiverse. So it was fine, you know, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But he was a good performer, and he did uh, what, Bombs Over Baghdad, Rosa Parks, Miss Jackson. And I was like, damn, you know, I wish the whole gang was here, you know. Maybe we'll we'll get that wish. It sounds like they keep toying with this. Uh, they came yeah. back together for a reunion tour. Maybe we'll get it eventually. Speaking of reunions, or maybe the opposite of a reunion, House of Cards has been <laughs> the production has been suspended indefinitely. Uh, as, of yeah, today. as of today and they're supposedly going to still have a sixth season and then it will end after that but i'm not even sure if it's, if it's going to get that far yeah i mean so this the sixth season was under production already and then it came out yesterday that it would be the final season so and then today tuesday they suspended production kevin spacey was not on set for this part of the filming yet either but the whole reason this has come to a head of course is that kevin spacey was accused of sexual assault slash like pedophilia i suppose you could say uh right. back in 1986 right by actor anthony rapp who, who was right. 14 years old while Ke- when kevin spacey was 26 when these allegations took place yeah and then spacey's response was you know an apology blaming it on drunken behavior which okay that's one thing but then to follow that up with coming out as a gay man which was kind of rumored but coming out as a gay man only to deflect from your charges of pedophilia, just throwing the LGBT community under the bus, the community that's had to stand against charges of being per- perverse. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's fucking awful. And obviously he's being slammed for it, but there's I mean, so much wrong shit. with that statement. Quite a gut punch. 
Yeah, I mean, not only like what you said, deflecting these horrible charges by blaming it on your what, confusion or, or drunkenness or sexuality, but then also to take something that's about this person who was victimized and to make it about you. It's just so self-centered and horrible. Fuck Kevin Spacey for all of this. And, you know, if I if I was Netflix, I probably would just cancel House Cards at this point. I don't. I don't really know how you could release a, a season where people aren't going to, in some way, feel like it's just problematic. <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? Is Frank Underwood gonna die of a heart attack right away? And if that's that, right. Finish it up with Robin Wright. I mean, I, I think from what I know from how the plot finished, I didn't see this season from mm-hmm. this year yet. But uh, don't do it. I think I think Robin Wright's more powerful now. Yeah. Didn't Frank already almost have die from a heart attack, or was that just the assassination attempt? I don't even remember. <laughs> God. But they also. They, when they announced that the production was uh, being su- suspended today, they did say they were talking about uh, spin-off shows, one of which could be around uh, Michael Kelly's Doug Stamper, who was probably mm-hmm. my favorite character on the show. I really wonder if the House of Cards you know, brand will just be totally sullied as the show appears to have quite fallen off this year. It really had no critical buzz at all, and everyone said it was pretty bad. Yeah, you know, I have no idea what a Doug Stamper show would look like. Would he latch on to another politician or would he be doing like back dealings or trying to help out multiple politicians i'm not sure and and he's already had such like an arc i mean he he, spoilers i guess but like (laughs) he was supposed to have been dead you know we i thought he was fucking dead when what's her name yeah fucking offed him with a rock and then no he's fine and he's been he's on the show ever since fine okay uh but it seemed like he's already had so much so much up and down as a character Mm -hmm. really want is he really strong enough to base a show around i don't know I think Netflix will probably just kick that around, but they got enough talent and things to worry about. I, you know, they don't need this spinoff show by any means. No, I don't think they do. But if they're gonna go for it, I, I feel like it would make a lot of sense to. And again, this is me watching the fourth fourth season, not the fifth season. His political rival in that season was what was his name? The actor. Uh, he's like a young up and coming actor who. Oh yeah, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yes, character. Joel Kinnaman. Yes, I feel like you could. Yeah. Very easily. I loved him. Yeah, you could very easily make this an anthology-type series where either you jump from politician to politician as they make this run, or... Sure. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of different things idea. they could do. So, you know, it, you don't need to keep it just as the Underwoods or just even as anyone that's actually been a main character on the show. I mean, I, I don't think they would do it, but throw Mahershala Ali a ton of money and give Remy Danton the star, you know? Do it. Apparently he wasn't do on it. much of this past season, but... Yeah, I mean... I love, love Kevin Spacey's stuff for a while. I mean, Usual Suspects, even Baby Driver this year. I mean, yep. to do something so, uh, what he did in 1986 aside, like, you know, that's almost neither here nor there for me. But the fact that you thought this was a acceptable response, that's what really leaves me with taste in my mouth. You know, I mean, something that happened so long ago, I'm glad it's coming out now, obviously, with all the Weinstein stuff and uh, mm-hmm. James Toback. I mean, yep. shit's coming out. This is good. We kind of predicted this, so, like everyone else, so... That's great, but the fact that that's how he chose to handle it just leaves me aghast. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say because I, I can't really imagine being in that position in the first place, but no. just ha- having the, the lack of awareness of how that would come across is just baffling. But why don't we move on to some more Netflix news? So, or not not necessarily news, but just uh, shouting out a show we have we mentioned briefly two episodes ago. Haven't really talked about much. Mind Hunter. So a series by David Fincher looking at Holden Ford, who was a. It's based off a actual person who 
basically created the study of psychology and how the FBI uses that in tracking serial killers. It has, interestingly enough, this is a guy, I was trying to figure out where I had seen him. His name is Jonathan Groff. He plays Holden yeah. Ford, the main character. I had seen Sonny him. Lee. Yeah, in, in a number of different things. But actually, where I saw him first and where I think I remembered him from was from Glee. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, how did I know that guy? But it's uh, interesting. Also, he, he dated Zachary Quinto. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't even know Jonathan Groff was gay. No. No. So know. I was, he came out in 09 and was like, is very like well respected within the LGBT community for nice. uh, moving forward. So yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was an interesting power couple. I don't think they're still together, but. I also really enjoy Zachary Quinto. I mean, even if you might not even know, be aware that you know Jonathan Groff, if you're listening, because he was the voice of the original King George for Hamilton. So he's mm-hmm. on the Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah. So yeah, you've you've had some King George in your life, I take it. Dude, he was not only in Hamilton, but he was Kristoff uh, in Frozen. So he's basically been yeah. in two of like the most viral, I don't know, viral, the most popular pop culture. A region. very uh, mainstream, like pseudo famous, like B yes. guy. Right yeah, now. and he yeah. also has so playing alongside him is Holt McKelney as Bill Tench. Holt McKelney is like that dude. Like you, you would recognize him and be like, I've seen him in a hundred different things, but you wouldn't be able to place him. He's a uh, that guy. As yes, you, as you were exactly. But th- this show, I'm, I'm about six or seven episodes in. It's a uh, really, really interesting. You know, classic Fincher, very like dark sets and kind of like almost like brooding lighting things like that, but it's really well done it's 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 not a heavy watch i mean they they talk about a lot of heavy things but there's not a lot of blood or gore and it's kind of a slow build because you you see them basically learning like in developing the art of psychology within the fbi's uh, techniques while you also see glimpses of probably this bigger serial killer that will end up being like the main bad over the course of the the show however long it goes it'll be interesting because the character is based off of in real life actually went a little bit crazy from doing this so i'm not sure how many seasons or how the character arc will actually be but there's some really cool stuff in it also carrie coon so she's not in this Uh... show but anna tori plays wendy in the show and she looks just like carrie coon the way she does it up so carrie coon had to Put in her Twitter bio, no, I am not the girl, the girl in Mindhunter. Which, <laughs> for someone who said so many Ws, that's that seems like a pretty big L for Carrie Coon. Yeah, uh, shit. I mean, leftovers <laughs> and Fargo, and um, you have to put that to go to that. Come on, terrible. <laughs> I mean, we kind of missed our segue here, but David Fincher was the one who kicked off House of Cards way back right. for Netflix, which you know really put Netflix on the map before the streaming revolution took off. So this is his next uh, TV project and. Obviously, David Fincher, excellent director. Seven, another Kevin Spacey movie, <laughs> as well as you know Zodiac. Social Network. Yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. So, and My Hunter's probably one of the best shows of the year. I I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm gonna definitely make time for it because it's uh, it's not just one of those. I mean, we talked about Amazon and how this doesn't happen for them, but this is a show that came out of nowhere from Netflix and caught a moment mm-hmm. in the beginning of October for, before Stranger Things was out because that's what Netflix does. Yeah. Not only because it catches buzz, but because it's good. So if you're inter- if you're into my hunter, let us know. You can tweet us at Nostalgia Pod. Let's know what you think. Are you a Jonathan Groff head? Are you in the hive? Why don't we jump to Stranger Things though? Another Netflix juggernaut. Speaking of the hive. Yeah, so we we talked a lot about Stranger Things last year when it came out. You can check those out. Soundcloud.com slash nostalgia pod. Stay plugging. But season two, much different in 
the fact that season one was like you talked about it came out of nowhere really like you said captured a moment and it just became enormous middle of july too mm-hmm. nothing really comes out then except i think mr robot might have been out of the time but yeah it just it caught a moment when no one else was really commanding anything and you look at the way the internet functions and content factories like game of thrones exist right Game of Thrones every week produces multiple pieces from every culture site, multiple videos, gets so much social media buzz. If Stranger Things was a week-to-week show, I think it would be the same case because you look at all the content people are making for this show, whether it's Easter eggs, every episode gets talked about. I mean, I really kind of wish it was week-to-week just because I wish everyone was on the same page with watching it. A show this popular, this well-liked, it just sucks that binge-watching breaks it up. You know, I, I've only seen two episodes. I mean, you've seen, I believe, three, right? Yep. Out of nine. I agree with you. I wish it was a week-to-week show because uh, the buzz around it and people talking about it in theories, it would be a lot more fun to be able to share in that. But, you know. And it would last longer, too, you know? I mean, yeah. even look at what happened with Westworld, you know? Everyone was talking about Westworld for fucking ten weeks. Didn't need to do that because it wasn't that great. But I wish <laughs> Stranger Things could have a definitive length of time for the tale, you know? But right and that's netflix doesn't care yeah that, that's just their model and it's it's kind of crazy because I, I feel like in a way it will benefit by the fact that they're just pumping out so many shows we're gonna get so much so many good shows but we're just not gonna have the community or, or discussion around it that we would with these week-to-week cable shows which we haven't really talked as much about mr robot this year but it's been a, a good season so far yes so I'm, we I'm should make some time yeah. for that next week agreed we'll talk about thor ragnarok as well as mr robot so catch up stranger things added a lot of people this year which additions to the cast have you liked and which ones have you been unsure about oh so so yeah so they've added a few characters right i'm mad max Mm -hmm. her brother i forgot his name uh the guy with the leather and the california kid Uh, yeah i'm trying to pull it up uh, what's his name uh was it eisner the the doctor dude yep really heat checking but my pick of course is the true hero of lord of the rings samwise gamgee sean astin just killing you it. mean rudy fuck you dude get the fuck <laughs> out of here that shit's fake lord of the rings is real <laughs> yeah no it's funny because uh, he's so dweeby but it's like perfect yep. for him he's like perfectly <laughs> awesome. cast and it's so good yeah mad max though i you know through through two episodes i didn't like her as much as i did after the third episode i'll put it that way but I think that she's a really great addition to the, the kids as a team. I don't really care about the other new additions that much. But yeah, Mad Max and what's his name, Bob? Yeah. All about those two. For sure. I mean, so I've seen two episodes, you've seen three. But I mean, one thing that the show hasn't really done that much in season two at, through the first beginning part is that it's kind of, I wouldn't say spinning its wheels, but kind of like holding your hand and being like, oh yeah, this is Hawkins. This is why you like it. These are the characters mm-hmm. you enjoy. You know, it's not taking the plot and throwing it at the wall like Westworld did every week. Right. But I don't know. Is that a good thing to you? Did you want Stranger Things to spread it out? Because I think that's what's happening. I think the Duffer Brothers and Netflix together, they know that this is a show that can go on a while, at least until these kids really age out. But, you know, maybe they have more ideas and then, you know, we can slow it down a little bit. You know, we got seasons to fill. But what do you, is, it, is this a detriment to you? Because I still find it very enjoyable. Yeah, I find the show really enjoyable. It's just a fun world to be in. One thing that slowing it down does is they allow characters like Steve to really have moments this year. Whereas yes. last year, Steve basically played this role of douchebag Douche. who kind of comes around in the end. You re- he really grows as a character, and 
you wouldn't get to have that if you had to move the plot along as, as quickly as they did last year. But at the same time, I, I just don't know how sustainable the upside down is as like a big bad. Yeah. But it as also a MacGuffin. seems yeah. right. But I mean, that's something that they can figure out at the end of the season, or you know, maybe you'll go more towards the direction of what's going on with like the government or something like that. You could always just find another alien. That's true. Yeah, I, I think the opening scene w- was a you know cool car chase with uh, eight. You know, obviously eleven. We know right. it all but says that there's other people like her. So the fact that we can you know grow the world a little bit, I think, is, is smart. But yeah, I mean, I agree that the world is just so fun to be in. I mean, you see the 1984 Ronald Reagan sign. The Terminator is at the theater, and mm-hmm. I think my favorite shot from episode one was when they're all playing, uh, was it Dig Dug at the arcade? And it's the camera facing from the arcade screen and looking at all the the, the crew's faces as they're all like manic as they're you know watching Dustin play. And yeah. I, didn't, I thought that was, that was a, a beautiful shot. But so, I mean, so what's your like barometer on the show? I mean, it's, it's probably still too early to really, you know, critique the season, right? But you're happy to be back. Yeah, you know, being, being three episodes in as compared to two, I feel like it actually makes a pretty big difference in terms of how I'm, thinking about the show critically mm-hmm. there's some things i've started to see which i'm kind of either questioning or feel a little bit annoyed by and not maybe not understanding 100 percent right now also at, at not to spoil anything for anybody especially you but at the end of episode three it really moves the the plot of the season along or, or at least gives it a, a direction a little bit more gotcha. of where it's going but you know overall overall I, I think you know i saw a lot of people hating on dustin on twitter over the weekend uh, which I was I was surprised about. I, I saw people who finished it in like a day, which I mean that's, I don't know how sick. you do that. That's sick. But <laughs> apparently they had nothing to do with their lives. The show the show came out 14 months ago. If you're watching it in one day, you probably watch it in one day. Then just give it a break. Watch some Mindhunter. You know, like yeah, it's exactly. okay. You're not like us. You're not you're not covering it. You know, you don't feel compelled to keep up. You know. Right. <laughs> no, I mean yeah, even I, watching I, it in a whole whole weekend, I just I'm just not down with that. I just can't do it. I just feel like you just don't get enough out of it. Uh, even if I'm not saying you spread it out for nine weeks, I'm not saying that. I'm not going to do that, but I don't know. I mean, so who, who's your favorite member of the core cast that returned? I mean, uh, Steve, I've heard Steve goes on quite. Yeah. I mean, she's still Millie Bobby Brown is still the star of the show, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because she's so secluded right now with the way it's set up, but Hopper. yeah, but Maisie Williams just does uh, not Maisie Williams. Oh, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking about Maisie Williams because I watched the trailer for some mutant movie. That for New Mutants with out. Charlie Heaton. Jonathan yes. Byers is in that movie, too. Sorry. That's yeah, what I, I got <laughs> I got down a, a, a new trailer rabbit hole recently. That was yeah. took me to some very strange upcoming movies. But Bobby Millie Brown, right? Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Jesus Christ. 13 <laughs> years old. She's 13 with over 5 million Instagram followers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but just just the way that she's able to we talked about this last year but just express so much in yes not not really having language and just in, in these situations there, there's a scene in the third movie where hopper's reading her a bedtime story about a mother and she asks him if, if she she has a mother and he's like everyone has one i just don't don't know where yours is and like the way that her face just like falls apart at that moment i was like damn i can't believe this kid's fucking 13 dude because there are adult actors who can't do half of what she does so I, I i'm just drawn to her in terms of the boys i mean i don't know will will's so serious mike is also very serious i guess i 
maybe Dustin. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think Dustin and uh, fuck, what's Caleb McLaughlin's character's name? I actually forgot his name. Hold on, let me pull uh, it up real quick. Yeah, well, <laughs> those two have a great dynamic, at least in the early goings with uh, Mad Max. I, I think they're just their chemistry is really strong. But yeah, F- Finn Wolfhard, he's uh, Mike. He's also kind of the rising star. He was in It, of course. Mm-hmm. He fired his agent because of Wein- the Weinstein stuff. Lucas. Lucas, yeah, there we go. But yeah, I mean, so I liked uh, Joe Carey, Steve Harrington last season, and the fact that he more has more character growth this season, so I've been told. I'm happy to see that. Also, shout out the dude's hair. Like, it's just majestic. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it, it got better after last season, so I don't know how that happened. What do you think about uh, M- Mike's sister, Nancy? Good question. So I think the whole love triangle with Jonathan, Steve, and Nancy's kind of lame. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was some first season shit. Do we really got to do that? But I think Nancy could use more uh, more development. It just seems like they're retconning in this Barb grief, which is fine. Yes. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I don't no, know. I dude. just I wish there was more to her character than her relationships. You know, I don't know saying she's a weak female character, but she wasn't involved in the plot a whole lot in the beginning until mm-hmm. she like went into the upside down and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would like her character to be built up a little more. Yeah, this Barb grief is so annoying. Uh, obviously, it's it's pulling towards something a little bit bigger in some way, but it's just like, you didn't give a fuck about Barb after she passed away like, right after last season, and then now all of a sudden you're heartbroken about it? Yeah. Again, I wonder how much of this is just that Barb was such a phenomenon last year that the Duffer brothers kind of decided to go for this to maybe right. pad out the season. You know, who knows? Could be. Yeah, we'll see. Again, we've only so- seen the beginning. Yeah, the last point I think I wanted to make is I saw a lot of people like critically saying that this season didn't live up to season one or wasn't as good. I mean, obviously, we haven't watched the whole thing, so it's hard for us to say, but it just feels like unfair criticism based yeah. on what season one was and what it became compared to how this this season was talked exactly. about and promoted. You went from having zero expectations to the highest expectations in one season. Exactly. It's impossible to meet that height, just like Andre 3000. Yeah, so, <laughs> so anyone that, that's that's panning the show, or the, the season of the show, which I don't know if anyone's like totally panning it, but just saying it's not as good. Yeah, I mean, just like keep your keep your criticism in check. Again, it's a show that's unabashedly influenced by the 80s. John Carpenter, Steven right. Spielberg. That's the point. That's what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly. that hard. It's it's not even like Mindhunter. You know, you just just watch the show, have a good time. It's better than a lot of stuff. We support the show. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to wrap it up there for this week. Follow Dave at Martin Swagger. Follow me at Sheeny World Peace. End the show at Nostalgia Pod. Give us a subscription, rate, review on iTunes, and go to SoundCloud.com slash Nostalgia Pod for all our content. We're going to be talking probably some Mr. Robot. You said Thor next week as well. I'll try to get to see Thor. Maybe we'll touch on the deuce if I can catch up. I'm not sure. I'll Sam Smith album out Friday as well. Oh, so I think Lord. I think that's one. What was his uh, most recent song? Burning? Burning. And then wasn't as big, wasn't yeah. that, that high on that one. So We'll see. Anyways, uh, if you have any thoughts for the show, let us know. We want to bring you the best content possible. If not, have a good Halloween. We love you. All my days, I pray.